What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today we are going to be listening to the second installment of this new series that Brittany Dawn is doing about breaking her silence. This episode is talking about all the times that she was canceled, part one. And initially I had thought, this is over an hour long. I'm just going to listen to it. She did put up like a companion video on YouTube, but it's only five minutes long. So I know it doesn't include uh, nearly close to everything that was included in the podcast episode. And so I thought that I would just listen to it first and I would get the important parts and then we could, you know, discuss them and I could play the clips and it would be a whole thing. It would be great. Then I started listening to the episode. And about 15 minutes into it, I realized that that was not going to work because nearly everything they said within that first 15 minutes was something that I felt needed to be addressed. And so I I stopped playing it at that point because I didn't want to have to listen to it twice if I was going to do a reaction, to be honest. Um, So we're going to go ahead and react to it. Before we do that, though, I want to hear your win for the week. And if you are newer to my channel, a win for the week is where you share something good that happened to you within the past week that you're happy about. It could be big, small, in between, whatever. It's just something that made you happy, made you joyful, made you grateful, whatever it may be. And uh, if you are watching on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this specific episode. My win for the week is that I am off today. It is 4th of July and so my office is closed, which means I get a nice little Tuesday off and I get the opportunity to film this for you. So that is my win and I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. Like I said before, this podcast alone is over an hour long and so this video is going to be pretty lengthy. I have a pen and a notepad and so I'm just going to be like taking notes. I'll be doodling to help keep my focus and um, if you have some errands to run, if you are doing laundry, you want to clean the house, uh, go for a walk, like I don't know, something where uh, you just need some background noise that you're not actually sitting and looking at, this is going to be the perfect video for you. Without any further ado, let's get started. I think my heart has gotten so used to people just bashing me, like dragging my name through the mud. On TikTok, TikTok is the worst of everything. I've gotten so immune to it at this point that it doesn't even faze me. And I don't know if that's the Lord's protection of my heart. It very well could be because I know I'm called to this. But it's sad. Regardless, no human should have to do that. You're listening to Chiseled and Called with Brittany Dawn a podcast about finding freedom in imperfection and peace in your broken pieces through Jesus. Our prayer is that today's message will bless you, embolden you, and fix your gaze on the King, that it will stir up the calling God has placed within you. Without further ado, here's your host, Brittany Dawn. Welcome to the Chiseled and Called podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Dawn. With your host, Brittany Dawn and Jordan Nelson. And I feel like at some point they're going to have to add him into the intro because he keeps being on these episodes. And my husband, Jordan, is here because he's just my rock. Jesus and him are my rock. 
Um, Got my frequent guest card coming yeah. in the mail. You're scoring up all your points. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, it's weird. I've never recorded a podcast on camera. So this is a really weird. This is obviously why we're doing it in here because the office is kind of small. Um, so this, I'm just like trying to also know to look at the camera. So if I'm not paying attention to the camera, I'm learning. Um, we have five pages. I have to fact check myself because I said this wasn't on video and I'm like 99% sure it's not because I listened to all of my podcast episodes on Spotify, but I got this audio from um, Apple Podcasts because of the way I have to download it. But let me just double check. Yeah. Nope. When I opened, pot when I opened uh, Spotify, her podcast is right here. She didn't include the video, which you can do on Spotify and I do. So if you're watching on Spotify, hello, you can see me waving at you. Um, but maybe she's going to upload the podcast episode as a separate YouTube video. I don't know. Of notes for part one of the cancel culture discussion, which is really kind of sad. Absolutely ridiculous. Five pages of notes that I have typed up because there's so much that I don't want to miss some of these. And even still, like we're There's gonna miss things. Stuff you're leaving out. There's so much. Um, I actually feel really strong right now. I'm proud of myself, babe. Like I'm proud of you too. I was really worried that I was gonna be just a train wreck walking into this episode, um, because as I was writing these notes, I felt like I was having to relive a lot of this. And the human brain is amazing in a sense of like I didn't realize how much my brain had suppressed to try to forget some of this trauma because that's what it is, is trauma. Well, my prayer for you throughout all this is that you. Okay. I'm going to let her get to um, explaining why she feels that she's been traumatized. And I will say I like at a certain point, she's going to get to talking about um, getting death threats and it really just, horrific awful messages of people threatening her and telling her that she should self-harm and stuff like that and I know because she talks about it pretty quickly at the start of the episode and that's absolutely not okay I've never condoned that I never will people who do that are just so hurtful and it's absolutely unacceptable so I'm never gonna make an excuse for anybody saying stuff like that to her however Brittany does get a lot of negative feedback on things that she does on the internet. And those things, while it can be difficult to hear negative things about yourself, I don't know that people having a bad reaction to something that you've done is necessarily traumatizing. But again, I want I'll wait to give like a fully fleshed out opinion until she explains exactly what part of it was traumatizing however if if she really is like just specifically referring to that part of the death threats and things like that then yes I would agree that that would be a traumatizing thing but I was also thinking about how she said she has five pages of notes and this is all the times that she was canceled and I really don't know if there's been more than one like I was racking my brain thinking about what she's going to bring up. And I think I, I can predict a few of the different things that she's going to bring up. Um, but really back in 2019, when Cassidy Campbell's video came out and there was a lot of backlash, like I would consider that an internet cancellation. I 
would also say that a lot of times people are canceled for things that maybe aren't um, as serious as this. And so calling her actions in that regard of um, selling personalized fitness plans or what she promised to be personalized fitness plans and then not following through on that, like according to the internet, yeah, she got canceled, but also it's a lot more serious than just being canceled. It's being held accountable for something that you did wrong that was related to people's physical health. And so that's really like the main cancellation I can think of. I think she'll talk about getting backlash for um, being a foster parent and for hosting retreats and stuff like that. But I don't, again, I don't know if she got quote unquote canceled. I don't think her internet presence was in a place where she would get canceled. Maybe I'm wrong, but from my perspective on it, I know she did get a lot of attention on the internet from um, people who did not like her or wanted to criticize her when she became a foster parent, but a lot of her supporters stayed being her supporters. I didn't see a lot of people being like, well, I used to like you, but now that you're becoming a foster parent and sharing a lot of details about this child and the way that you're speaking about the child, like, I, I no longer like you. I no longer want to support you and you should be canceled. I did not see that, but whatever, like... <laughs> We're only less than three minutes in, so I'm going to let her talk. Are going to gain, like, this stuff doesn't have power over you anymore. Amen. And bringing it to light yeah. and exposing cancel culture and trolls and what, like, just the magnitude that they have gone to to try to negatively impact your life, my life, our family's lives, yeah. um, our livelihoods over 70. I know I said I was going to let her talk for a while, but I just had the thought pop up into my head of how I just said, like, I can only really think of one time where she, in my opinion, where she really truly got canceled. Um, and I'm wondering if she and Jordan are using cancel culture and like that phrase and focusing on being canceled as a way to appeal to maybe a little bit of an older conservative audience because it seems like that would appeal to them. I think a lot of people who are maybe a little bit younger or are online a lot more and um, explore like different areas of the internet aren't necessarily really concerned with like cancellation and cancel culture. That's just how I feel about it. That just popped up into my head. So I'll have to ruminate on that a little bit more. But I'm wondering if it is a tactic to appeal to a specific subsect of her audience. Just a thought. Five to a hundred dollar fitness plans. Yeah. Is that's what this is utterly about. Oh, absurd. Oh, oh. Hearing Jordan say that people were getting so upset over $75 to $100 f fitness plans really kind of shocked me because it's it's not that they were $75 to $100. They were roughly $90 to up to $300. And so it's frustrating to have somebody put on this air that they're coming here and they're going to be honest and they're going to be real and they're going to share everything. But within the first three minutes and 14 seconds of this podcast, you're already putting false information in here. You're saying people were so upset. It's like a hundred dollar plan. No, some people paid more. 
some people paid more than that. And so if we can't trust that you're going to give facts right, because he he knows the fact, and I think he's saying it per, like as if it was up to $100 that people spent on Britney's products, to, I think he's doing it intentionally. I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think he misspoke. They just settled the lawsuit. So they're very well aware of the facts of this case. And he's saying 75 to $100 on purpose for people who don't keep up with the facts as closely. So they can be like, it was just $100, get over it. And also, even if it was just $100, it wasn't like you sold somebody, I don't know, uh, like a planner that came in and was like was janky had a had a, had a cracked front you know you sold them this really nice beautiful hardcover planner and then it arrives and the front cover is cracked and you couldn't get a refund Brittany was selling things related to people's health that's really really serious no matter what the cost is she's presenting herself as somebody who is a person of authority who can help you achieve your goals and will do it in the right way and so you're trusting her with that very serious part of yourself, part of your body and what you put into it and how you work out with it. It's a pretty serious thing. Absurd. The analogy that I'll, I've said to you before is like, a lot of people involved in this are trying to give you the death penalty for a speeding ticket. Yeah. And this is absolutely absurd. I apologize. That's how I feel about this. No, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think you have to apologize for that. I think uh, 99% of people that are going to listen to this are going to think the same exact thing once they hear everything that I've walked through in the last five to seven years. Yeah. But I'm taking you guys back to 2019, which is where the worst of it started. So this really started in like 2016, it's no, no news to most of y'all that I have been through a divorce and that is when a lot of this actually started, but alas, 2019 was the worst of it all. Well, it started to be the worst. Um, oh, you're good. Start from the beginning. So 2019 was easily the most horrendous year of my life. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode or the video before this one, I want to encourage you to please go take a minute to go watch that or listen to that. Um, because it just shares a lot. It sheds a lot of light. It gives full context to everything that I'm talking about when I say that 2019 was the worst year of my life. I went through cancel culture. Um, I made mistakes in my business. My business grew up fast, blew up fast. I didn't manage it correctly and things slipped through the cracks and I made mistakes and I'm, I took full responsibility for that. I, I took full accountability for that. And I, I just feel like my life has been a living hell since then. And again, it's the language of minimizing what happened. Things slipped through the cracks, but I took full accountability and full responsibility Okay, you can say that all you want, but I feel like if that were the case, um, taking full accountability and full responsibility isn't just saying, like, I made a mistake. It's also working to make that thing right. And I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know if the state of Texas would have brought a lawsuit against you and um, th this lawsuit would have resulted in you 
owing restitution to your former customers if you really made it right back then. Clearly, a, a few other things slipped through the cracks in that process. It's really hard for me to to open up and share all of this because I've never talked about any of this publicly. I can count on one hand the amount of people that know these things that I've lived through and by the Lord's moving hand, I lived. I lived through it because there was a time in my life in 2019 where I was fighting for my life. Man, I said I felt strong, babe. You're doing great. I think you have every right to be emotional about reliving these moments to make these notes and to talk through this uh, is a really, um, you know, I liken it to some of the guys that I've become, you know, brothers with and have worked with and some of the guys that I know from the police department and, and worked with on the police department. Um, absolute, just utter warriors who can't talk about some of the tragic things that they've gone through in their lives and, and um, some of the things that bring back really, really dark times and really bad thoughts. And it is 100% okay to be emotional about those things. Thanks, babe. So. Thanks. Okay. I definitely have a problem with the way that a lot of the policing is done in America, but at the same time, I cannot fathom comparing a, a police officer seeing something or, or witnessing something really awful and horrible throughout the course of their job to Brittany Dawn facing backlash on the internet for things that she's done. Again, maybe it when we go forward, I'm going to hear something where, where it's just going to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that happened. I can't fathom that. What an awful thing. And, and I'm going to have to kind of eat crow for saying this. But comparing what Brittany's gone through to some of the things that people uh, in, the, in the police force might see or have to experience doesn't quite feel right to me. And you did that because I was so proud of myself for feeling strong. And now I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> um, so 2019 was easily the darkest year of my life. I, I don't say it lightly when I, I, I didn't want to be alive after I walked through these things that I'm about to share. Um, so everything went live with the video that went viral that led to media headlines and news headlines and videos being made about me. And it just, it was all over the internet and it, it went, it made me feel like I went from being this average girl to the most hated person on the world, in the world. And I know I wasn't, I know that wasn't the truth, but that's what it felt like. It felt like I went from just living my life like every normal person does to being fearful of my life. Like, being fearful that I would see another day and not necessarily just for the, the lack of wanting to be alive, but because of the things that people were saying and, and threatening me with and showing up. And so, oh, this is so much. I'm like shaking again, babe. Again, threatening her, not okay. I don't, I mean, I'm sure that happened. She talks a lot about people like showing up to her house 
to threaten her. And if that has happened and is happening, that's obviously not okay. However, I would think that if that were the case, if that were a true thing, that people were coming to your house and showing up to threaten you to this day, because she talked, like she's talked about this multiple times pretty recently, then you would not have your home address publicly listed. And I know that it's publicly listed because I've seen it. I found it. It took like five minutes and I wasn't even looking for her home address. I was doing research into something else and her home address was listed on that paperwork. So it's very, like I'm not even tech savvy and it was still something that I found very quickly that I wasn't even looking for. So I would just think that if you to this day are in fear of your life, and I know she's talking about talking about back in 2019. But even then, if something like that happened to me where people were coming to my house and threatening me, I don't care how many years go by, I'm going to make sure that my location and where I live is extremely protected information and not have it just out on the internet. But again, that's that's just me. That's how I would do things because I would be concerned for my safety because if something like that happened in the past and continued to happen for a while and people were still threatening me, and even if you know those people had stopped threatening me, I think I would still be very impacted by that fear and I would want to protect that information. This is a lot harder than I thought. Well, can I interject something? Yeah. That video, and we hinted at that and we talked about that video uh, in, our, in the last podcast, babe, and, and that video was I, in my opinion, the first form of cancel culture that you went through. Um, the exploitation, which in case you don't know about the video, the video in and of itself was under false pretenses. It yeah. was the portrayal of a father whose daughter was a client of Britney's. The person doesn't have a daughter. They are not old enough and at the time were not old enough to have a daughter old enough to qualify to be a client Maybe he's never ba- a dad. based off of your standards and, and what was required within your business. So that in and of itself was the first form of cancel culture that you went through where you exploit and cause damage and harm someone else for likes clicks and views yeah under now by all means i feel like all power to that person if it was a legit if they have that platform and and their daughter or themselves was a customer that didn't get a program didn't get a fitness or a a um, meal plan come say something to me yeah Happily, that's okay. You're use, you're just your yeah, you're validated use by that. all means. But yeah, the problem was none of that is true. It's all fake. It was all. I love how they're using that as the sticking point, as though people were upset that Cassidy's daughter got scammed. But guess what, guys? Cassidy doesn't even have a daughter. He tricked you all. <laughs> when in reality, Cassidy Campbell's YouTube channel is a prank channel. It's a channel of skits and pranks and dumb stuff. And that dude walked into that fitness convention to confront Brittany Dawn wearing the fakest mustache I have ever seen. It's it's clear that he was not 
out here trying to trick everybody into thinking he had a daughter who was a client of Brittany Dawn's. He put in the video that he was doing this because there was a petition or the change.org petition already online from people who did not get the things that they paid for. Nobody, correct me if I'm wrong, nobody is sitting here thinking like, oh, Cassidy Campbell's poor daughter got scammed by Brittany Dawn. Cassidy clearly made that up as part of the video for how he was going to confront Brittany Dawn is, hey, you stole my daughter's money. I want the money back. Let's talk about it. Jordan said that Cassidy made this video based on false pretenses. Okay, yeah, he came in and he said he had a daughter who got scammed, but that was the point of the video was to have a reason to confront Brittany publicly about the things that people were already complaining about. And again, he put the petition in the video and encouraged people to check it out and sign it. So I don't understand why this is the thing. Like, I, I guess it's because they can portray it as though Cassidy was going around presenting himself as if like he was making a legitimate complaint and people who haven't seen the video or haven't looked into it might believe that and run with it. But again, it's another thing where you're being intentionally misleading in what you're saying. And so it makes it hard to believe anything else that might come out of your mouth, especially throughout the course of this podcast, because we've already found two things that are like, hey, that's not quite true. And we're, all, we're less than 10 minutes into it. Fake. It was for clicks. And it led people to believe that that person was actually the father of one of your clients. Well, and it led people to believe. It literally didn't. I truly don't believe that anyone who watched that video genuinely thought that Cassidy Campbell had a daughter that he was there sticking up for. And that's why he made the video. I just don't. That this false narrative that he was painting. Can we just say his name? You can if you want to. Cassidy Campbell. Like, Cassidy Campbell made a video about me, and with his false narrative, his fake persona, his misleading assumptions, that then perpetuated that I was a scammer, a fraud, a grifter, whatever you want to call me. And that has been my my reality that I've had to live through for the last four and a half years. And that has not just affected me online in comment sections or media headlines or podcast titles or people talking and saying whatever they want about me. This has now seeped into my personal life, into our lives as foster parents, into our jobs. It has seeped into our income. Like, And I'm, I'm sharing all of that today. And next week, there's literally so much to unpack that yeah, so it's it's going to be a lot. Buckle up, you guys. Um, that video went live, and Good Morning America picked it up, and the media was just having a heyday, really, with this because everyone wants to see an influencer fall. Everyone wants to see the people that they think have it all together fall flat on their face, and I didn't have it all together. I've never had it all together, but it's easy for people to put that front out online and that is why now in my life, I'm so transparent and I try to be so honest and vulnerable in the good times and the bad because I have been that person that just puts the happy face on. Um, so when all of that went live, I, I think there are some people who take joy in the downfall of others, but I don't know if that's what the common theme was in people who were giving you criticism back then because these accusations weren't just 
pulled out of thin air and completely unsubstantiated and totally false. And the whole reason this got traction is because people want to see me fall because I was an influencer. There was truth behind the accusations and people were pretty upset as they had a right to be. Remember getting the influx of hate and looking back, the hate is actually the easiest thing now for me to navigate, which is wild to say. I'm really sad, truly sad for me to say that I can handle hate um, because... You think that's because you just become numb to it? Yeah. I think my heart has... I think my heart has gotten so used to people just bashing me, like dragging my name through the mud on TikTok. TikTok is the worst of everything. I've gotten so immune to it at this point that it doesn't even phase me. And I don't know if that's the Lord's protection of my heart. It very well could be because I know I'm called to this. But it's sad. Regardless, no human should have to do that. Um, So I remember when the hate poured in, looking back, that's been the easiest part of this whole journey is, you know, the slander, the doxing, the hate, all of that. Anyways, that's been the easiest part. Um, but then the, the comments started taking a turn and I'll never forget these two comments. Um, and mind you, this is all over online digital plans. This is not over anything in person. This is not over anything physical. This is over paper, literally paper. I remember these two. Well, not paper, digital products that you charged a shipping fee for, but um, digital products that related to people's health. Again, minimizing it. And uh, also, I can only speak for myself, but I think that online hate is pretty easy to navigate as long as you are confident in who you are and your own integrity and and your own actions. I can only speak from my experience. I've been very lucky to um, not have gotten a lot of hate on the internet, but just putting yourself out there, being an internet presence, you're going to experience some of it. And so when I get hate comments on my YouTube channel, Sometimes people say things that are really just outrageous and like out of left field that I want to comment on and I want to tell them that's so ridiculous that you would even say this, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever my response would be to that comment. But if I sit back logically, I'm like, they are just going for anything that they think is going to get a reaction. They probably didn't even watch the video. They just saw the title or the thumbnail And now they're lashing out. Like, I know that I didn't do this thing that they're accusing me of, or I feel confident in my own actions. If I respond to this comment, it's just going to cause a back and forth that at some point I'm going to have to walk away from because I don't want to spend my time going back and forth with somebody who doesn't like me. And then they're going to have gotten what they wanted because they would have gotten a reaction. So that's my perspective on like hate comments on uh, YouTube videos. And then Another time that I've got a uh, pretty significant influx of negative attention on the internet was after I made that video about Lexi and Tyson James. They both saw it. And in that video, I said that Tyson's music was well produced. And for some reason, like I was criticizing them in that video, 
But for some reason, he thought it was the biggest dunk in the world to take that clip and put it all over his Instagram. And he even included, he made a song and he included that clip in it of me saying that it was well produced. And for some reason, that was like the most hilarious thing to them. I don't know. I don't get it. Like I, I gave you a compliment on the way your music sounds. I don't like your music. I don't like the messaging in it, but Hey, it sounds like you, it's well produced. It sounds like you know what you're doing in that area. So good for you. I'll, I'll give you the compliment. Um, but in doing that and in posting that there was a lot of people making comments about me who supported Tyson and Lexi. And then that came over into like my Instagram and my DMS and my YouTube comments, especially on that video. And again, it's something where you, if you think that's funny and you want to share that, or if you have a response to something I've said about you, that's fine. But I know who I am and what I do and what I said. And yeah, like that's, that's not really going to get anything out of me. So again, I can only speak to my experience, but I think online hate, again, is pretty, pretty easy to figure out how to navigate as long as you are confident in who you are and your own actions. Although upon further reflection, I will add that I'm a much smaller influencer than Brittany. So anything I've gotten has been on a much smaller scale and positive feedback has definitely outweighed the negative. So I'm sure that it can feel a little bit overwhelming to log into your socials during a time when you are getting a lot of hate because if somebody DMs you or leaves a comment, you don't know if it's going to be um, something positive or yet another negative comment. And so I do think that that can take a toll on somebody. So I will come back and kind of add that little asterisk at the end of my previous thoughts. Your comments will forever be ingrained in my head. Um, it was just an influx, tens of thousands of comments. And the first one said, why don't you do us all a favor and put a gun to your head? And the next one said, make this world a better place and go jump off a bridge. And I was in such a dark place in my life at that time. And then came the death threats. Once again, not okay. It was take your life. We'd be better without you, Brittany. And if you don't do it yourself, we're going to. That's what the narrative was. And the death threats were so overwhelming. I was a single woman living in Dallas by myself, absolutely terrified to, to even leave my own home. People that never knew me they didn't know me previous to any of this stuff that went viral. And you know want to know what the sad part is, babe? The scariest part of that is the majority of those death threats came from men. 95% of those came from men. The audacity. I don't think I actually knew that. Came from men. 99% of my platform is women. These were men who didn't know me. They never knew me. And suddenly I'm fearful for my life. I'm scared for my life. I'm scared to walk out my front door. I'm scared to go to the grocery store. I'm scared to even drive in my car anywhere. And that was a dark place for me to be. I didn't open my blinds for three weeks. If I did, it was a fight. Like I was, I was just trying to survive over, let me remind you guys, online digital plans. 
And so I've seen some of the, I've seen a lot of the, the cancel culture comments and the hate and, and all of this stuff. And it's, it just boggles my mind because it's that, it's that much. We're going to do an entire episode on Reddit and the Reddit pages. that And the dedicated. people that we know, some of the names that we know that have been behind some of these things. Yeah. It That'll boggles my mind one. where our culture, our society has gone to that you can hide behind a fake username, Twitter handle. I don't know if she's going to go back to this. So I just wanted to kind of pose this question because I don't know. I've never been in that particular experience. But with Brittany saying that 99% of her audience is women and then 95% of the death threats and threatening messages were coming from men, I don't know if it makes it scarier of like why do you – care about me and what I'm doing why is this all of a sudden an important thing to you that you're sending me these messages or if it would almost be like 99% of my audience is women you're a dude you don't consume my content like you are not invested in me in any way this is just an excuse for you to say something awful on the internet like you literally don't care and and it almost gives you kind of a sense of relief knowing that it's from somebody who's just a random person on the internet because I'm gonna go ahead and say that um, while having threats like that in your inbox can be incredibly scary it's something that a lot of influencers do deal with and I was recently watching an episode of do we know them with uh, Jesse Smiles and Lily Marston and they had talked about how they've all gotten death threats and they're like after a while, you just kind of realize a lot of these people are just people freaking out on the internet who aren't going to do anything. They're just looking for an excuse to say something. Like they're just, they're not going to do anything. There's no weight behind it. Even though it can be scary to have that, it's really typically usually nothing. Nothing's going to result from that. So again, I've never experienced it, but I kind of am on the side of thinking that I would have a sense of, I don't want to say relief, but if I saw something like that from people that I knew didn't follow me, weren't invested in my content, just didn't care who I was until they had a reason to say something mean to me, I'd be like, all right, cool. You're just you're just being awful for no reason. You don't care and you're probably not going to follow through with that because you have nothing invested in what happens to me. You're just looking to be mean. But I don't know. I, I Again, I can't say how I would react or respond or feel um, in any way if I were going through receiving a lot of threatening messages. Because the majority of the ones that I've seen come from fake accounts with no followers. Yeah. With your cat profile picture. That's not really a, it's not really you or, yeah. or not even probably your cat. <gasps> If they are coming on here with these false pretenses that they own a cat. They're just as bad as Cassidy Campbell. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be joking. I'm going to let them continue on. Um, our culture used to, our society used to be at a place where you stood behind what you said. 
Like, as in, like, I'm going to say something. It's coming from me, Jordan Nelson. And I stand behind that. And now society and culture has shifted to where you can say whatever you want behind a keyboard. Yeah. With no recourse. No repercussion. No recourse. There's no discipline. There's no law. And that's what my, I get, and Jordan knows this, I get so passionate. I, there is something in me and, and it's just the fact that I've lived through some of these things that I, again, we're working on sharing with you guys. There's so much, I get so passionate about cyberbullying, online harassment. There are people who are taking their lives over this. There's kids. There's kids. There's, there's nine, 10, 11 year old kids who are taking their life over this and no one is doing a darn thing about it. No one is doing, we are the United States of America. We are the greatest country on this earth and nothing, nothing is being done about it. I mean, babe, you know this. I have contacted state representatives. I have contacted congressmen. I have contacted local representatives. Not a single one has gotten back to me because no one cares. No one. That infuriates me. You guys can probably let your heads go to where my testimony probably leads, but I will be sharing my testimony. And by the grace of God, I am still here. Mm -hmm. I do think having a conversation about cyberbullying and the impact of it, especially on children, is a really important thing to discuss and, and bring to the forefront and bring to people's attention and teach parents about the dangers of letting your kids be on the internet, especially unsupervised. And so I do think that that's an important topic to talk about, but I don't think you can necessarily relate it with what Brittany went through because Brittany has chosen to be a public figure. Ever since the internet was invented, people have been doing awful things and saying terrible things anonymously meant to hurt people. I mean, think about in the early 2000s when Mark Driscoll was on an anonymous forum called Midrash, essentially trolling his congregation, saying hateful stuff to them under a pseudonym of William Wallace II. This isn't new. And I'm not saying that we should accept cyberbullying or you have to be okay with people saying mean things to you on the internet. I think that there's a way to be constructive in what you talk about. And there's a difference between kind of like lighthearted poking fun at some of the things that you say and do and people taking it to a really extreme level. And again, that's a valuable conversation to have. But in this particular instance, Brittany Dawn chose to be a public figure knowing how the internet worked. You know what people do on the internet. You know what happens there. And so you are accepting that risk of seeing things that you don't like being said to you or about you. And People have the right to be anonymous and she can agree with that or she can disagree with it. But at the end of the day, she chose to put herself in a position to be a public figure. She could have had a personal training business that was local and could have had a really great impact on her community. And she could have stayed a little bit smaller and not made as much money as she did by becoming an internet figure. But she wouldn't have been exposed to the things that she had is really upset about being exposed to and being said about her. But she, she didn't choose to keep it local. She, she could have been successful and had a small circle of clients and been really close with them and worked with them and everything could have been great. It could have turned out completely different than what ended up happening, but she chose not to do that. She chose to take it 
to the internet and to market it that way and to be an influencer and to be a YouTuber. And so again, you're accepting that by doing that, people are going to know who you are and people have the right to say not nice things about you and those people don't have to have a name attached to what they are doing. This day, I cannot help but think that God is going to use my testimony to make some kind of a change and you better believe that as long as I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to be sharing this. I'm going to go knocking on doors. I'm going to make phone calls. I'm going to try to get somebody, anybody to give me five minutes of their time to hear that this stops with us because it's getting worse. It is only getting worse. The online hate is only getting worse. And I say all of that to say this. So not only did they threaten me with the comments and the death threats and telling me to take my life and that if I didn't take my life, that they would. Then they started moving on to my family. It is one thing to come after me. I, I, I get it. I, I chose this life. I chose to be an influencer. I know I signed up for this, which is still pretty messed up when people try to flip it on. Well, you're an influencer. You knew you were going to get this. Like, that's pretty messed up. But I knew, I know that this comes with the territory, but when you start trying to harass and threaten my family, like that's a whole nother level of disgust. It's demonic. So I still don't understand why. I, I don't get Over it. Over what? I know. Over, Over, Over some fitness, fitness plans. plans. If, like if you're listening to the podcast, I'm shaking paper because we have notes on paper. Like over... Over some fitness plans and diet plans. Get a life. Well, my dad, I I think I've told you this story. So my dad was followed home. My parents, I grew up on a ranch. My parents lived in literally the middle of nowhere. You have to go off the beaten path to get to where my childhood ranch was because they've moved since then. He called me and I... I could hear it in his voice. He said, Britt, a man just followed me all the way home. But you know, babe, like how many turns you had to take. It's not an easy place to find. No, No. you have to know where you're going. My dad called me and I could hear it in his voice. He wasn't scared. He was rattled. He was concerned. It was just the weirdest tone I'd never heard in my dad's voice before. And he said, Britt, a man just followed me all the way home. He got out of his truck at the end of my driveway. He stood. He watched me pull up to the house. And then he got up, got in his truck and left. What the hell is going on? And it hit me so hard in that moment, babe. I was like, God forbid something happened to my dad or my mom or my sister or my brother-in-law or my brother or my, at that time, one-year-old nephew, two-year-old nephew, like, God forbid something happened to them over online digital fitness plans. Like if someone is listening to this and thinks that I deserve this punishment over fitness plans, we need to chat. The trolls, the haters, the people behind cancel culture. Let's trot your dirty laundry out for the world to see the thing. Okay, before Jordan gets into his front street speech again, um, I I don't know if that happened. I mean, I truly, 
this is, see, this is why it's important to be accurate in the things you say, even small things that you say when you are telling your side of a story, because you're talking about how, oh, they were 75 to $100 fitness plans, and that's not true. And based on things that they've said in the past that are provably false, it's like, I, I want to believe that you wouldn't make up something like that, but I just don't know. In any case, if that's true, that is absolutely awful and unacceptable, should not happen. I cannot imagine, again, if it's true, being the daughter in that situation and having, like, imagining that ha that happening to my dad or someone in my family, I would be livid. Like, I don't even know how I would respond to that. So, no, that that's not okay. I think most reasonable, rational, rational people would be like, that's not all right. We don't condone that and we don't support that. We're sorry that that happened. Also, I just realized we are only 22 minutes into this. There's 49 minutes left. So I'm going to try and let them get a decent chunk out. Things that are deep, dark inside the skeletons in the closet that you don't want anyone to know about. Let's trot those out and see if you like it. And that's the thing is no one wants... Okay. I, I know I just said I was going to let them talk, but like... Why would you say that? Why are you sitting here saying it was this awful, horrible thing that shouldn't happen and it's not okay, but then Jordan's going to be like, yeah, and let's see how you like it if it happens to you. Let's bring your stuff out here. Let's put your stuff on blast and see how you like what happens to you. Is it okay or, or is it not? Or do you want it to not happen to Brittany, but you want it to happen to the people who've criticized Brittany? No one Nobody wants, wants it. But it's yeah. the, you know, just because just because you have an online platform doesn't mean that people get to exploit that stuff. Thank you. Thank and, you. That is my point right there. Yeah. Is just because someone has a blue check mark doesn't make them less of a human. And it's like in our culture, when someone does have that blue check mark, suddenly they're they're fair game. That's exactly what it is in this this society. If they have any amount of a following, they're fair game. Their dirty laundry is now put on blast. Why? I have yet to figure that out. I think I people just genuinely I know, I know enjoy why. this. I know why. You have the answers. Yeah, it's because people, people, they they don't have to air their dirty laundry, so they can take yours and exploit it and make themselves feel better. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's that's what's insecurity. wrong with our culture. Our culture needs Jesus to learn how to love one another. Yeah. Because man is inherently sinful, evil, broken, broken, in need of the Lord. Yeah. And people want to take everyone else's mistakes and bring it back up and throw it up in their face. And I'm not just talking about you, babe. I'm talking about. But wasn't Brittany the one who, in the podcast episode before this, brought out that old to whom much is given, much will be expected line, though? Nobody had a problem with you being on the internet until word got out about you not fulfilling promises to your customers. And again, that doesn't mean that it's okay to stalk her, harass her, send her death threats and hateful messages. That doesn't mean that it's okay. But she's sitting here saying, I don't understand why people are coming after me. Just because I have a blue check mark doesn't mean I'm less than a human. And now everybody wants to get upset about things and find my flaws and all that. But in her last episode, she did say 
to whom much is given, much will be expected. And that explains why people hold on to those things, whether it's right or wrong. And, and like in the way that it happens, that's why it happens is because you are a public figure. And so people are going to hold you accountable to the things that you do publicly or the things that you do privately that end up becoming public. Once again, I am not saying that death threats, harassment, doxing, any of that is okay. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. I'm not trying to justify any of those awful things that people did, but that's why people care about the stuff that Britney did. People don't tend to go find random people out in their community or in their neighborhood and try and find something scandalous on them to talk about it on the internet because they're not public figures. And so they're just people out there living their lives. With you, you've committed your actions while being a public figure. And so you're profiting from attention that people give you on the internet. And now it's like, hey, we found this thing that we don't like and we're going to talk about it. About everybody. No, yeah. Like people on a daily basis, they want to exploit others' mistakes instead of being forgiving, instead of showing them love and grace and mercy. They want to throw it up in their face because it takes, it makes them feel better about themselves, about theirs, yeah, about their transgressions, yeah. their screw ups, their skeletons in the closet, yeah. and it's just it's our society and our culture is just broken, yeah. So and that's that's what they people have resorted to. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. Um, so yeah, like after all of that, again for a quick recap, we've got canceled harassment comments take your own life if you don't we will death threats um following my family threatening my family um and then i realized that even at this point just going out into public became a difficult thing yeah. i'll never forget two specific moments um i was at a sprouts in dallas and there was a lady that just so blatantly just scoffed at me like it was so obvious that she knew what was going on I was humiliated I immediately just left um went to a coffee shop like a few days later to meet up with someone to discuss everything going on with you know all the chaos and there was a man that was literally like pick his phone up look at me reference his phone again look at me reference his phone again and then you just started laughing and just wanting to crawl in a hole. I'm like, yeah. So those are just like the little things that I was dealing with um, behind the scenes that I never talked about. I never really felt like I had a place to talk about it. First of all, I was just terrified. I was I just trying it, to get through. It gives you a sense of that your, that your freedom was taken away. My freedom for everything. The smallest thing of like going to a coffee shop, going to a, to Sprouts, to the grocery yeah. store, to the post office, like having that freedom taken away. Yeah. Yeah. It was completely just annihilated. And and I know, I know that there's going to. I'm sure going through things like that sucked and they made her really uncomfortable. But again, you're getting nationwide negative attention for a bad thing that you did. I could understand bringing up those points if, 
somebody started a rumor about you or something was untrue or there was like a false accusation that you later were able to say like this was false and here's the proof I have and despite this being false and people not having anything to say that it actually happened I experienced these things and that really sucked. I could understand talking about it in that context but in this case I'm sorry, people are gonna have a negative reaction to you if they recognize you in public and they disagree with what you did. I'm sure it sucked to have a lady recognize you and scoff at you in a sprouts, but that was as a result of your own actions. And be some people that hear this or watch this and they're gonna say, well, you could have made it all go away. You, you just, you know, you could have deleted all of your social media, you could have made it gone away. Yeah. You... I love that response. No, that is not the outcome that the majority of people who are upset with you wanted to see happen. People didn't want you to just disappear off the internet. People wanted you to make it right with your customers. I, I feel like when Jordan first said that the plans were $75 to $100, and I'm sorry that I keep going back to that point, but I felt like I was being gaslit. And this is what it feels like when you are hearing things that just don't make sense being said with such confidence and trying to figure out why are you saying that? Is it because of like, that's what you truly believe? Is it a narrative that you're trying to spin? Are you just making stuff up and seeing how it sounds? I don't understand. But, but from the majority of the things that I have seen, people weren't saying Brittany needs to delete everything and never show her face again. People were saying, oh my God, your customers didn't get what they paid for. Make it right for them. Give them a refund and don't make them sign an NDA or don't give them only a partial when they have proof and they can see, like they can show you that their plan says, good morning, blank. <laughs> or they're just getting general responses when you promised personalized check-ins. I don't use the term gaslighting lightly, but that's what th this entire podcast has felt like. It has felt like they are trying to gaslight their audience. That's you're yeah, yeah. That is right. You could have made it go all all go away by by deleting all of your social media. But last time I checked, it is someone's God given right when born in this country. Last time I checked, yeah, freedom of ex expression. You should be allowed to have a social media, have an Instagram, yeah. and not feel like certain free So she is allowed to express herself, but the people who were upset with her are not allowed to express it. Okay, got it. Freedoms are taken away because you're in the, you know, you have... You've been canceled. A higher amount of followers, and people have tried to cancel you, and it just... But here's the thing. So babe. that's my argument too. Well, you could have just made it go away if you had gotten off of social media. That doesn't make any sense. Here's the thing. It doesn't. I wasn't just canceled. I was harassed. Yeah. I was stalked. I was doxxed. I was threatened. I, the list could go on. I wasn't just canceled. It went so much further than that. It went into our personal life. It went into my personal life. So these individuals behind the Reddit page, um, they took it upon themselves to not only unendingly harass me online, but then they decided that that wasn't good enough and they wanted to infiltrate my entire life, my real life, because an online social media presence is not real life. 
I think everyone here knows that. That's <laughs> what we choose to put online. They decided that wasn't enough and that they wanted to consume every aspect of my life. Um, so upon going through everything in 2019, the media headlines, the news, the the press, the defamatory videos. That okay, I don't know what she's talking about back in 2019 because I was not... Um, aware of or like involved in keeping up with anything related to Brittany Dawn on Reddit back then. So I can't speak to that or how um, they infiltrated her real life. But I will say on the Brittany Dawn subreddit now, it's the Brittany Dawn snark subreddit. Um, they have, they're very strict about not reaching out to Brittany, not making contact with Brittany, not commenting on Britney's posts or anything like that. It's very much like if you have something to say about her, it's here. It's in this contained space where we can talk about it and share our opinions. Do not bring it outside of the subreddit. So I don't know if things were different back then, but I will say that right now it is very much not going out and trying to harass Britney or talk to her or leave hateful things on her page. It's contained. Like Britney would have to go look for them. So I don't know if things were different back then in 2019, but as of today and for as long as I've kept up with that subreddit, it was very strict on share your opinions here. Do not reach out. Do not go outside of this forum and try to directly contact Brittany or people who support her. Or made about me because there were quite a slew of them. Um, that wasn't enough punishment they decided that they then needed to start attacking every part of my life, my relationships, my family, my income. Um, they banded together. I, I, I don't say this lightly. Like it was a mob mentality. They banded together and they started attacking and contacting my sponsors. Basically anyone that was partnered with me, anyone that was affiliated with me in any possible way, whether it was five degrees separated or they were working closely with me, these people made them made sure that they knew that I was a bad person, that I was once again, a scammer, a fraud, a grifter, not trustworthy, a manipulator, whatever words they decided to use. That is what they did. And unfortunately it worked. I had within hours there were about five huge sponsors at that time in my life in 2019 that immediately revoked their contracts and their affiliation with me. What I didn't know was that this was just the start and that this would be the narrative for the next four and a half years of my life and is still to this day, which is a, a very vulnerable thing to say. Um, I mean, babe, you know you know that 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 has affected my life and we'll get to that <laughs> it's funny as i mentioned in the first podcast about the lawsuit your actions and your mistakes within your business were reviewed for possible criminal charges yeah there were none no none it was a civil lawsuit it was and a civil people lawsuit. don't now, understand when it comes to cancel culture well, People do understand that. They understand that it was a civil lawsuit that ended in a settlement where you had to admit wrongdoing and pay a pay a fine. People understand that. I, I don't understand what they're trying to say. <laughs> what I don't understand is what they're trying to say in saying that. 
Um, but yeah, people understand that it was a civil lawsuit and you're not going to go to jail. You're not going to face criminal charges. You uh, made errors in the way that you ran your business and you had to admit to that. And now you're going to be paying a fine. Just because Brittany wasn't charged with a criminal offense doesn't mean that she didn't do anything wrong. And I don't know if that's what they're trying to imply or what, but that's what it seems like to me. And then um, I was thinking about the whole contacting sponsors thing. I tend to go back and forth on this because my first impulse is don't do it. Like don't mess with somebody's money. Don't go after their livelihood. That's not appropriate to try and actively get someone to stop working with another person because you're upset with something they did. I'm more think about the fact that, you know, with this being so widespread and getting as much attention as it did, if somebody chose to continue working with Brittany Dawn and I, you know, for some reason was a consumer of that product or I used the subscription or whatever it might have been, I would evaluate that and be like, oh, they're still choosing to work with Brittany Dawn. I'm not going to give them my money anymore. That would be my approach. On the other hand, I do think that there can be certain circumstances in which contacting a sponsor might be justified, but I tend to um, have less of a problem with it if someone has been accused of like assault or physically harming somebody else or um, harming minors in situations like that. I tend to be a little bit more like, Okay, like I can see why you would reach out to a sponsor, but with stuff like with what Brittany Dawn did, um, yeah, my my first response is like, don't do that. Like vote with your own dollars, let them figure it out. And if they are going to choose to be aligned with somebody who would do something like that, then I don't really like the ethics of that company. And so I'm not going to give them any money. That's how I see it, though. Sure. And these internet trolls and the people who make it their life's mission to ruin anything that you touch or that's associated to you, we actually find ourselves with a a legitimate crime. In the state of Texas, it is illegal for a third party not involved in a contract to interfere. Yeah. So you, being one party of a contract, are based in Texas it doesn't matter where the other party is. They mm-hmm. could they could freaking be in England, India, Bangladesh. It doesn't matter. Man, I love the state of Texas. The fact that you, being one party involved in that contract, are here in Texas, third parties are not allowed. It is an it is breaking the law to interfere into a contract. What do I mean by that? someone emailing a company and saying, Hey, I noticed that you worked with Brittany Dawn. She's a scammer. Have you, do you not know about her? All of that, that in and of itself is illegal. And if, if any trolls are listening to this or watching this, it's too late. We already have all of the communication. Once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. So yeah. So they started attacking my income that has been the narrative for since 2019, if I'm being fully honest and fully transparent here. Um, so 2020. Now, now I want to say, like, I'm skipping a few months here and there, but... I thought they were going to go further into that. I made a face when she said, man, I love Texas. And Texas is a beautiful place. I've been there before. 
I loved my experience. I had a great time. However, some of the laws in Texas are the reason that my face just reflexively made that expression. Now, as far as them talking about a third party interfering with a contract and how that's a crime, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that and how it plays out because I can't say that I imagine the state of Texas going after someone. Let's say they're in the UK because that was one of their examples. I don't think that they would go through the effort of what it would take to bring charges against that person for something like this. That's just my thought process initially. I don't know. I could be proven wrong. Things could change. They could bring charges against these people, but most likely from where I'm sitting, if anything does happen, it would probably have to be a civil lawsuit brought by Brittany and Jordan against those parties. I don't think the state of Texas or like Brittany's local jurisdiction would bring charges against someone in a situation like this. But I do think if they go the route of civil litigation against some of these people, it'll be interesting to see how they address kind of the downplaying of what Brittany did because she didn't get criminal charges. She just had a civil lawsuit and a settlement. She's not going to jail. She didn't have criminal charges. It'll be interesting to see how they compare that with them bringing civil charges against somebody else. It, it'll just be an interesting thing. Mind you, the harassment never stopped. It only continually grew worse in my life, um, in every aspect of my life. So in 2020, I bought my first home, this home, um, first home by myself. And it was truly just such a special time in my life. Um, it was during COVID. So it was just a really scary time for a lot of us, if we're being honest here. And um, Reddit was absolutely baffled at my purchase of this home. Um, once again, wow, a scammer got a home. Wow, did you fraud the real estate agent? Wow, did you fraud the mortgage company? Just all the assumptions. They were absolutely baffled at the fact that a single woman could buy a home by herself. God forbid. God forbid that a single woman buy a home by herself. Okay. And so because of that, um, Oh, so, so I bought my house, bought this house and just like any homeowner, anytime you move, anytime you buy a home, even if you just move into a home that you're leasing or a new apartment, there's that exciting feeling, right? Like you're excited yeah, to be in a new place, no matter what it looks like, no matter where it is, you're excited to be in a new environment to create a new atmosphere, to make it feel like a new home. And I had that okay. for the first three weeks. Um, and that was quickly taken from me. Um, this home <laughs> should have been your sanctuary and your safe place. Yeah. And the place where you could escape from the world. And it hasn't been for the last three years. So... About three weeks after I, I moved in, um, I was sleeping in my bedroom again, single, hadn't even met Jordan at this point in my life was by myself. And I was abruptly awoken from a deep sleep at 1.30 AM when a gunshot fired off. And 
I remember like questioning if I really heard what I just heard. You know, when you're coming out of that deep sleep, you're like, there's no way. There's no way I just heard a gunshot. Like, this is supposed to be a safe place. And so I remember immediately rolling over and grabbing my phone. And the only camera I had on my house was my doorbell. So I immediately opened that camera. And lo and behold, I could hear two men on the front porch saying, she should know by now that you can't trust anyone. And I was so scared. Like, this is really hard for me to even talk about on camera, babe, because, like, I just remember, I remember dialing 911 immediately, and they immediately said, get on the ground. And so I did. I laid next to my bed, and I was just shaking. And I'll never forget that dispatcher's voice, like, she was so calm and she was so gentle with her words and she just kept saying you're going to be okay sweetie you're going to be okay yeah dispatchers are the real heroes and they're, they're she, awesome yeah and she had me she said i need you to bear crawl wherever there's no windows and she said where is that and then i said it's my closet and she said okay i need you to army slash bear crawl in there right now and so i did she said don't worry i have two um police officers already on the way Took him about 10 minutes to get there. And by the time they got there, those men had fled. Unfortunately, being a new build, it was a new build in 2020. I had no fence. The house next to me was still being finished out. So there was no one living next to me. I had no one that I knew in this neighborhood. That's when you met Bob. That's when I met Bob. So we have the greatest neighbor Sweet Bob. One of Bob, one of our neighbors. No one messes with Bob. <laughs> no. And um because because Bob heard it from his place. He did. And that's why Bob came down. He came and checked. Once and the police arrived, he came down and was like, Are you by yourself? Yeah. Like he still talks about that. And yeah. Bob and was, watched out for Brit until I came into your life. Yeah, to, like four uh, months later. You know. But it, it even even with even with my presence and now living here with you, like and, and calling this my home, the trolls have not stopped. No, and we'll get to that. So after I went through that, I... That sounds like an extremely terrifying experience. I feel awful that she went through that and that people thought that they had a right to invade her physical, personal space in a threatening manner. It's absolutely not okay. And I'm not saying this next part to take away from those people's actions because they are completely 100% in the wrong in what they did. But again, this is when this is why I go back to making sure that you are looking out for your own safety. Brittany posts pictures of her house all the time. She posts pictures of the exterior of her house all the time. She just gave another context clue, which we I've heard before, but that it was a new build in 2020. So that gives somebody some additional information if they wanted to look into it. And finally, her address is literally listed on a public website that anybody can access. And so that's what I'm saying is that's extremely scary. No one deserves to go through that. But if she thought those threats were credible, and apparently they were because somebody came to her house, she needs to take the onus on herself to protect herself. 
she needs to do what she can to protect herself. And I, it's sucky to say that. I know it is. I know it sounds like I'm victim blaming and victim shaming. And if something bad happens to you, well, what were you doing? That's what it sounds like I'm saying. And I'm not trying to say that. But as a person in her position, she does need to do her part to make sure that she is being safe and she is being protected because of what was going on. Again, if somebody did something to her, that would be completely on them. It would not be her fault. But I can tell you that if I were in that position, there are a lot of things I would have done to be like, I can't control anybody else's actions, but I'm darn sure not going to make it as easy as pie for them to find me. I am going to do what I can to protect myself because I'm the only person I can control. Just like any anyone in their right mind would, I went down a vicious like just it was like a downward spiral I stopped eating I wasn't sleeping I was it's I struggled to get work done because I was pacing I didn't feel safe I I was just always like anxious and nervous and on edge and because I knew that I heard what I heard and um even I, I forgot to mention the police when they got here they couldn't find anyone the guys had fled Again, 10 minutes is a pretty good amount of time, substantial amount to flee after doing something like that. And based on what the police officers observed and told me, they said this was, they were pretty positive it was premeditated because those guys knew exactly where not to go in regards to the front doorbell camera. Um, and so, yeah, they went around the other side of the house and and that was that. And after that, I just, I mean, baby, you know this, like, I love our home. I love this home, but I want to be able to feel safe. I deserve that. I deserve to feel safe. I deserve to feel at home. I deserve to feel secure. And I don't have that anymore. That was robbed for me three years ago over fitness plans, online digital fitness plans. And so moving forward, like I met Jordan. Well, can I say something? Yeah. Uh, whoever those two guys were, um, we still live at the same address. So if they want to come on back when it's not just a, a, a woman by herself, you know where we are. They won't. Now, why would you do that? Why would you hear your wife being tearful and fearful about not feeling safe in her own home due to somebody coming to her house and threatening her and be like, well, if you want to come back now that a man's here, you're welcome to try your luck. Like, oh my God, I can't, I can't spend any more time on that because I feel like I, uh, my brain is like melting out of the back of my head. So. Because Take men that. that do that are cowards. Yeah. Men that do that are absolute cowards. Like, mm -hmm. pretty sure the Bible says something about that, right? Come knock on the door. Somewhere in Proverbs. Like, anyways. Um, so. I had to get that off my chest. I've been waiting a while to. Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet you to, uh, to say that. Address that. You were by yourself in a home, a woman, and two men. Thought that they were going to be heroes Some and hero. come and intimidate you. It's like, I hope 
I hope you're hearing this. Yeah. We live at the same address you came Stop. to. Stop. Come on back and try it again. Oh my God. You can now proceed, babe. I love you. I love you too, baby. So some of you guys are probably wondering, well, like, how did they know where you lived? Like, this sounds so far-fetched. There's no way that people would do this. Oh, but there is. And just like Jordan said, this was not, this was just the beginning. Like, I can't even keep track of how many times we've seen people parked on our street, watching our house, taking pictures, taking videos. Like, it's just beyond me. So when I moved into this home, first of all, when I lived in Dallas, they reverse searched images of my townhome, found out where I lived by adding these things up, watching videos, watching my Instagram, putting two and two together and finding out where exactly I lived because Dallas is a pretty large city. Yeah, people can do that. And if people are bad people who want to physically harm someone, they'll have even more motivation to try, which again is not to say that you don't deserve to feel safe in your own home. But as a public figure, especially, it is important that you do what you can to keep yourself safe, regardless of whether or not people like you, regardless of whether or not you get positive or negative attention on the internet. It's just about being safe and being precautious to protect your own self. They they pretty much investigated as well when I moved. Um, not only did they post my home address, but they also posted okay. a blueprint of my home. That is... Oh, and I, I want to clarify... Where I found Brittany's current address online was not a dox. It was not somebody who doesn't like her posting where she lives so people will come hurt her. It was on a form that she had to submit. That is a matter of public record. So it's something that she, I don't know if she knew that it was going to be posted publicly or not, but something that she put out herself that has her actual address listed on it. I wanted to clarify that. Dangerous. That's the kind of stuff that people can get into your home and hide and know exactly where to hide, exactly where to get you, exactly where to hurt you. That's, that's, it should be illegal. Why is that not illegal, babe? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not illegal. Um, it should it's just, be. it's just, it goes back to the thing that we've said probably where we were literally like circling the wagons here. I agree. That should be illegal. All of this over over some fitness plans. Over fitness plans. Like I, I keep going back to that and I, I don't even care if I sound like a broken record because I need people to hear how petty this is. Yeah. How absolutely absurd this is. I don't, that I this don't care all if you sound like a broken record yeah. or not. Like it's this is ridiculous. It all started over digital online fitness plans. And there is not a single person, now that I've shared my truth, the truth, hello. Now that I've shared that. Not a single person, I don't care if they're six foot five and scary as heck, like not a single person standing face to face with me could convince me otherwise that I deserved the death penalty over a speeding ticket because that's, that's what I'm getting okay. ultimately with everything. And we're just dipping our toes. I really wanted to make this a shorter podcast, but also this deserves the time that it's going to get. So again, they posted my home address 
they that this is considered doxing. So for those of you that don't know, doxing is posting private information. So home address, home information. Um, they've also posted my phone number. I received just audacious phone calls and voicemails over the years. Um, so yeah, they took it upon themselves to post that on the Brittany Dawn snark page on Reddit, where 40, roughly 41,000 people are members of, which again, how many clients did you have? A little over 5,000, like 5,500. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Again. Do you see my point? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The numbers, the math ain't mathin, as some people would say. Yeah, but she had hundreds of thousands of followers, so her online presence spanned far beyond the number of clients that she actually had. People don't have to be a client of yours to have an opinion on something that you've done publicly. It's like when Brittany posted that reel about the clothing company that Addison Ray, I think, was modeling for, and she gave a negative opinion on that clothing company. She's not a customer of that clothing company. She's never given them uh, her money but she still had an opinion on something that they put out and she posted about it and she's allowed to do that. And so other people are also allowed to do the same. Uh, is a backwards Texas analogy or saying. Let it be. The math ain't math. The math ain't math. And you never heard that? A lot nope. of people say that. I say it all the time. Okay. I don't like math, um, but at least I can that's uh, my crunch point. my numbers about my if clients. You, if you were a customer... <gasps> Mm-hmm. And you didn't get your fitness plan and you didn't get your meal plan, you know, you, and, and then you didn't receive one of the, one of the refunds that you gave out until you couldn't do it anymore. I think, I, I mean, I can, I think I can apologize for Brittany and I hope you listen to the previous podcast where she does take ownership for that and apologize for all of that. Those people have a legitimate gripe and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. Like, and, and I understand, um, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with how some people would handle it, but those people actually have a reason to, um, be upset with you. Yeah. The, like 41,000 people, 42,000, whatever it is that, whatever it's at. Well, and here's the thing, babe, is like, when is enough enough? That's been my whole thing this whole time is when is enough enough? How many times do I have to apologize? How many times do I have to take accountability? How many times? Because the truth is it's not going to be enough. There are people that are so committed to misunderstanding me and that's okay. Like guys, I'm not here to make everyone like me. If you haven't picked up on that by now, I could genuinely care less. The hate, I am truly unfazed by it. Truly unfazed. I believe that's the Lord's protection. I'm not here to make people like me. She says when is enough enough as though the only thing that's discussed on the subreddit is related to the fitness plans. And there is obviously a lot of talk about it lately because of the lawsuit. But in general, it's about a lot of other things that Brittany has said and done. It's about foster care and the way that she talks about foster care and the way that she posts about her placements that she's gotten. It's about the She Lives Freed retreats and her religious influencing and her opinions related to that. It's a it's like dumb jokes about like, I hate this outfit on her. <laughs> like, it, it's not all about the fitness plan. So to say when is enough enough makes it seem like that's what it's still all about on that page. 
when it's not about like, well, what can I do? How can I make this right? I've already done what I can to make it right because that's not really um, like the main focus in general. Again, yes, that's being talked about a lot on the subreddit because of the lawsuit, but it's not all about that. It's about things that you are currently doing that people have an issue with and they do have a right to express those issues. I'm here to be truthful. I'm here to be real. I'm here to be raw. But how much do I have to apologize and take accountability and fall on my sword, which I'm willing to do, just like Jordan just said, I've done it and I'll do it again. But after this series, I'm done. I am done talking about it. I'm done owning it because I've done that. And the truth is there's people that want me to keep doing this for the rest of my life. So I live in this just, I don't know, hellacious cycle of shame and depression and anxiety. And those are strongholds. And I know that by grace through faith, I've overcome through the blood of Jesus, through the Lamb of God, that I don't have to live like that the rest of my life. And so that was just a little tangent. Um, so that, sorry, I get fired up, the Holy Spirit in me. Um, curveball um, in regards to the Brittany Dawn Reddit snark page. Should I say this? I'm going to say it. I am among you guys, a.k.a. <gasps> I have a Reddit account and I'm in. Oh, my Reddit. God. And I would be very careful of who you trust. I would be very careful of who you're sharing information with because it might just be me. Girl, it's a public subreddit. Anybody can join it. Oh, wait. Plot twist. Hold little, on. Little plot twist. Hold on. You are active in that? So if you're share, Oh, my goodness. Why do you think I can handle the hate so well, babe? Oh. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. So anyways, so just wanted would... to throw that in there. Oh my gosh, you've seen it all? Shocker, I know. Oh. It's like, God forbid me also have a Reddit. You know, they're, now they're going to say I like manipulated Reddit into letting me have an account. Uh, last time I checked. What? First of all, first of all you are not uh, Reddit's main concern currently. Amen. Reddit's got some own, their own issues going they got their on own right issues now. Going on, Can I so. get an amen? Yeah. Won't he do it? No one Okay, thought- so after... No one thought that this was like some secret thing that you would never see. Uh, yeah, you have a you have a Reddit account, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing things that are on a public forum. What the heck? The only way that would be a plot twist that would shock the heck out of me is if somehow she like got on the mod team and she was infiltrating and she was controlling a narrative of what was being posted or like keeping track of things being sent to the mods specifically. Like that's the only way that whatever she was about to share would have shocked me about her being on the subreddit. I'd be like, she's a spy. (laughs) Moving into this home. Um, I met Jordan a few months later, and that is when, when I went public with our relationship, they absolutely harassed Jordan about dating me. They made sure that he knew that I was this, and I was that, and I had a lawsuit, and I had a history, and I had a past, and I was divorced, and 
you know, all these things, basically any garbage they could find on me, they were trying to dig it up. They went to the earth's end to find anything they could on me at that point, because they wanted to destroy my relationship with Jordan. When it didn't work on him, they then came after me with his past and his history and his baggage and his skeletons in his closet, which again, we all have. And when that didn't work, (laughs) they started going after Jordan's family. How they found his family is truly... That's not that hard. Well, but still, like, you you got to do some digging. It's not that hard. Like, Sandra Nelson ain't no social media influencer. You know what I mean? Like... She thinks she is. She very well could be. She's your mother-in-law. And now you're... Oh, Sandra Nelson, Brittany's mother-in-law. You're talking about how people are going and finding Jordan's family, and then you're publicly going to say her name. When I don't know if this has changed, but for the longest time, when she wouldn't tag Jordan on her Instagram... But now you're publicly saying his mother-in-law's name. Okay. Um, and again, I I don't know if she's saying that people on the Reddit thread or like members of the subreddit went out and did this. Uh, but I do just want to like defend the people who run the page and again, say that they are very clear to not do that, to not contact people. Um, obviously, they can't control like what anybody else is going to do they can only control what's posted there but I don't know that it's necessarily fair to blame the subreddit for people leaving hate comments or trying to talk to Jordan about you or to talk to you about Jordan I absolutely love shout out to you mom yes we love you she could be but what the the redditors and the and the trolls didn't understand is that is that Sandy Nuts is Sandy. Sandy, Sandy Nuts. Nuts. Sandy Nelson is crazier than both of us. <laughs> She's combined. nuts. Combined. <laughs> she, like, she will I go dare scorched you. earth. Go after. Go go. You're going down the wrong, <laughs> the wrong path. She'll be hiring. What is up with the taunting? I dare you. Why don't you try this? C- come at me. Go after my mom. Like uh, you're trying to be macho and be like, oh yeah, I dare you. Test me. Try it. See what happens. Why are like why would you be taunting people who have caused your wife and you but like by association so much grief as this entire podcast has been about? Well, we can hire like we already have them, but she'll be hiring PIs without even telling us. So, anyways, like it it just as if we didn't already have that discussion previous. Yeah. Like we had had that talk. We had shared our baggage. We had shared our skeletons in our closet. I told Jordan about my lawsuit. I told him about my divorce. I told him about my past. I literally told him everything because that's what a healthy relationship is. A healthy relationship doesn't come into a relationship with all these skeletons in their closet. They expose that. And guess what? If it's the right one and the one that God wants in your life, they're going to stick around for it. Period. End of story. One, transversely, I shared i had shared with my past with you in full transparency in in intimate detail and so none of that was a surprise no to you none of your past was a surprise to me yeah um so yeah so over the next three months um i had about 15 contracts canceled due to receiving mass influx of hate in regards to our partnership. And they would say that we need you to immediately pull everything down. And then they would never pay me. 
in our next episode, I'm going to list all the brands that we no longer support in the Nelson household because they didn't pay me and they still to this day owe me paychecks. Big name. Are you also going to talk about that girl on TikTok who you didn't pay? I can't remember if she did digital products or physical products, but if I can find the actual TikToks, I will link them down below. Um, this girl had did a three-part like TikTok series talking about how Brittany had reached out to her for some kind of product. And this girl had done the work and was working on things and going back and forth and putting a lot of time and effort into doing this thing for Brittany. And then when it came down to it, Brittany would be like, oh, actually, never mind. Things got pushed or I changed my mind about this. And that girl didn't get paid. So you can talk about people who owe you money and didn't pay you. Um, but I think it's only fair then to also talk about the things that you had other people do for you with the promise of payment that you didn't end up following through on either because there are people who have those stories. The second time we did business together was back in 2019 and right before the big scandal happened where she scammed so many people with her fitness plan. She had actually hired me to do a retreat for her. We had a contract and everything and she already made the first payment. This is when the problem started happening. I sent the invoice for the second payment. This is when she told me she wanted to cancel the contract. There are two big problems here. First, I already did the work. You have to pay the invoice for the work I just did. And then second, I have a kill fee in my contracts. If you don't know what a kill fee is, it basically states that if you do a certain amount of work and the client decides to cancel the contract with you, they have to pay you for your time spent. And because this was a really big project, I hadn't taken on a lot of other clients at the time, and so I needed this money. She insisted that she didn't want to cancel the contract, she wanted to pause it. So, me being young, dumb, naive, and trustful, I said, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you can pause it. To say the least, she never ended up paying me or reviving that contract. It's like HelloFresh, Shark, just to name a couple. Um, and the list goes on. We will get to those in the next episode. Mm. Um, HelloFresh. So, this was the time when I realized that there were Not some bigger that, issues at, at hand. They have good food. Um, <laughs> cars were, were like parking in front of our house and taking pictures and watching me work out in the driveway or watching us in the garage or like just insane things. And looking back now, I see what it is. It's a scare tactic. It's if we can send people who are willing to go park in front of someone's house, it's going to scare them to bow to us. I'm sorry. I only bow to the king and I'm not scared of you guys, nor is, nor is my husband. Like why in the world would they think that we're, no. I'm terrified. <laughs> you look terrified. I'm terrified you of terrified. your fake cat profile picture. No, Amen. And I'm terrified of how fast your key, your fingers work on your keyboard. So all these cars that were parking in front of our house and watching us and stalking us because that's what it is like that just triggered my anxiety and my PTSD all over again I mean I remember so many nights where I couldn't sleep I can imagine like at all and even once we got married which that's what we're walking into and leading into so um, before all the marriage stuff James we met James if you guys have never heard of James he is a homeless man that we helped I was wondering when she was going to get to that because as she's going on talking about how she was single and then she met Jordan and 
people went to Jordan about Britney and Britney about Jordan. And then, you know, they continued dating and progressing forward in their relationship. Um, a lot of speculation has been thrown out that some of the money, some if not all of the money that was raised for James ended up being used on Britney's wedding. And so I don't know how much she's going to go into that, but I mean, I guess we're, we'll find out. <laughs> we're about to find out right now. In 2021, he is back on his feet, praise God. Um, and we walked him through all of that step by step by step. I'm grateful that I have a platform that was willing to help us raise the money for him because every single penny, every single dollar went to James. We laid a lot down. We sacrificed a lot to help him. And I'm so grateful. I wouldn't take any of it back. No. Not a, th- not a single thing. Literally, his sister texted me this morning. Yeah, this morning I saw that. She's probably going to be listening to this. I love her to, to pieces. And um, we've addressed that exactly. situation in a whole in a whole video. It's sad that we had to address it. Mm-hmm. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, James's sister April joined us. She was along alongside with us the entire way um, throughout that journey. But it once again, it, it, you know, finish what you're going to say about that situation, but absolutely ridiculous to try to bring in um a homeless man and use him well they exploited him in his story to try to get yeah. at us when they were exploiting him for views right like yeah. they said i was him. exploiting him but then they literally flipped and turned and they're filming tiktoks and tricking him about being on a facetime yes and, yeah. and i'm like are you kidding me right now do you see the hypocrisy and you exploited him. You brought James onto your public platform, shared his name, shared his face, shared so many vulnerable details about that man that he did not ask to be shared. That was a result of you. And you did it so that people would think you were a good person and so you could raise money. Hopefully, I hope that that money all went to James. But I can't with 100% certainty or confidence say that it did. In my personal opinion... I don't know exactly what I believe happened, but I believe that something sketchy went down in terms of that money because Brittany said that all the money was going to be going to his needs and getting him into a treatment center and paying for the cost of that treatment center. But we all know that he ended up being sent by Brittany and Jordan to Alpha House in Ohio, which is a free treatment center with its own issues. So... She can't get on here and be like, we laid down so much. We did everything right. I wouldn't take a second of it back. But you guys exploited James. Let's talk about it frankly and call things as they are. Additionally, I she, she talked about like we laid so much down. We put so much into this. My question is, you went to a mega church. They go to a different church at this time now. Um, But at the time, they were going to a mega church that I would guarantee has some sort of outreach ministry for people with addictions. And so I don't know why they didn't engage somebody in that capacity. I know they had their friends, Cruz and Cruz's wife, who were kind of on this journey with them um, during the, the time that they were in contact with James and getting him into a treatment center. But I would guarantee that that church has a pastor specifically dedicated to like a cares ministry. 
And so they could have brought him in for help because I can't imagine if I were to come across somebody who was in addiction and didn't have a house and needed help, I don't even know where I would start. Like, I don't know what my first step would be. And so if they sought help from somebody who does this for a living and it's their job to figure out how to help people, things could have turned out a lot better overall. And I know that Brittany is on here saying that everything turned out great, but I don't think it did. Brittany told a story on her Instagram about how when they went to go pick James up to take him to the airport to take him to the treatment center, he fled the hotel and he caused property damage and it was a big deal. It was a big issue and you don't know what you're doing in that situation. You have no experience with this. You have no training with this. You don't know what you're going to say that can make it worse or can make it better and you know, clearly it all ended up calming down and James did go to treatment and from what I saw when people were looking for him on TikTok and the TikTok creator Fun Mama X found him, he does seem to be sober and safe and healthy and that's amazing and I don't want it to be lost within all of this that even if he didn't get the money, he does have his sobriety from what I've seen and that's an, uh, that's a really amazing thing. But I think a lot of mistakes were made by Brittany and Jordan that aren't being talked about because James doesn't have a public platform to tell his side of the story. And James's sister, April, is on Team Brittany Dawn. And I don't even know how I got started on that. But to go back to what I think started it is I think it would have been a lot more responsible for them to reach out for help from somebody who knew what they were doing in the situation because... Overall, I think it would have been a better experience for everyone. I think that was my original point. <laughs> this video is so long. I've been talking for so long and we still have 17 minutes left. I need another LaCroix. So yeah, that, that was a whole debacle. Um, again, I wouldn't take a darn thing back. I would help another homeless man again and again and again. We have. We, we have. have. And... But, but what's sad is... That makes us for a season that made us never want to help someone again. It, it yeah. jaded us because I'm saying this right now. My husband is the most giving person I know, probably almost to a fault sometimes. And he would give the shirt off of his back to someone in need. It jaded us when we walked through that because not only did that happen with James, but in the middle of all of that, of trying to get him back on his feet, we, I'll never forget this. Do you remember the Andretti? We went yeah. to the Andretti yeah. and that prank was pulled on us. Mm -hmm. Didn't that have to do with me and being yeah. a quote unquote scammer? Yeah. So, so says? shortly, mm -hmm. shortly after James came into our life and we were still trying to get him into, into rehab, um, which we talk about that with, with his sister. We're mm -hmm. not sharing anything that's, that's personal information there. Um, shortly after that, somebody reached out, um, and I started having phone conversations with a guy who was supposed to be here local in DFW, um, wanted to help James, uh, took, you know, wanted to know more about his story, um, asked if he could meet James, um, wanted to financially support James long-term, uh, past just, you know, immediate needs um 
lodging, different things that we were taking care of through the, through the fundraiser. Uh, and we included James in our, in our life and in everything that we did for over a month. And, um, we took him to, uh, Frisco to the Andretti racing. Um, and this gentleman had had multiple phone conversations with him. And I mean, I, 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 I'm not too proud to admit that I was duped um, into believing that this gentleman wanted to actually help James James and uh, he did not it, it he uh, was um, pretty present. sick and twisted thing to do yeah and uh, you know we we scheduled to meet and uh, James was on board with this because we consented everything we did we consented with James we made sure that he was okay with being on camera we made sure that he was okay going here, going there. And we, we put the ball in his court. We asked him like, Hey, what do you want to do? So anyways, that, that whole situation was so messed up. Um, that also stemmed from the hate. And then like all of a sudden the internet became infatuated with, I don't think I've heard that story before, but if that happened, that is sick. Like that's a twisted thing to do to try and get in personal contact with Jordan and be like, I want to help this person and then have it all be a farce. That's awful. Justice for James. And I'm like, justice for what? Like James is back on his feet. He's, he's living a life that he never otherwise would have had. Had we not helped him. Even his sister has said that many, Uh, many a times. Anyone who still wants to comment on that, I would, I would direct them to contact and reach out to her. Well, she's she's identified herself very uh she's very easy to find uh she's identified herself and she will have no problem telling you uh what we did for him well and also just to go watch the youtube video because again i don't really want to go into this rabbit hole and spend 10 minutes on something we already talked about yeah so if you really want to know the whole story of that i have a youtube video over it go watch it um because this isn't the place for it but all of that to say, of course, the internet would twist and manipulate the whole James situation when we help a homeless man and turn it back on us. Um, because again, I'm a scammer, according to the internet. So it just makes you never want to help anyone again, which is a really sad place to be. Because again, my husband has one of the biggest hearts now husband at the time you were my boyfriend, which is wild to say, because yep. we weren't even engaged then. Um he has one of the biggest hearts. So that was really hard. Um, somewhere along the lines of all of it. I have my own opinion on everything with James and how it played out. But I do think it's interesting that Brittany seems to miss the point that when you are publicly and credibly exposed for not doing what you have promised to do, that makes it harder for people to trust that you are doing what you've promised to do in future situations. And so I like you are you're here collecting a lot of money for somebody and getting more and more and more and saying it's going to go to their treatment. And maybe you just meant treatment in a general sense of like, this is for James, this is to help him get clean, this is to help with resources, whatever it is, but you say, we're collecting money, it's going to pay for his treatment, and then you send him to a free house, or you send him to a free rehab, and people don't see where that money went. And then the voicemail comes out that Cruz post about how James can't get in touch with Jordan. And we get like two updates once he's in treatment. And then we hear nothing else about him. 
it's going to cause people to question what's going on in general because those facts are kind of like, wait, well, what's going on? Where's James? How's he doing? And then Brittany's not giving clear answers or she's ignoring the questions and because of the thing that you did in your past. It's a natural thing to be questioning, like, what is the actual truth here? Yes. I got accused of being an animal abuser, um, of neglecting Ooh. my horse. I I can't wait to share this. Um, <laughs> first of all, if you don't know, born and raised Texas girl, grew up on a ranch, horse ranch, been riding Yeehaw, since baby. I was literally a pipsqueak. Um, I'm an equestrian. I, I've ridden cutting horses, Western pleasure. I've done it all. I've been a loper as a, as a job when I was younger. Like I've worked for trainers. I've worked for some very elite equestrians and that's been my life. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Horses are in my blood and they always will be. I say all of that to give context to what I'm about to share. When I moved to Dallas, I bought Harley he was four. He's now 10. So I've had him for six years. Um, I put him in a boarding facility somewhat close to me um, because my parents' ranch was an hour and a half, two hours with traffic drive. So I wanted to be relatively close to him so that I could ride him and just be near him because that's what you do when you have a horse. You want to be close to them. That's also what a boarding facility is. A boarding facility is a place where you can in trust that those barn managers are going to take care and take pride in taking care of that animal because you're paying top dollar. It's not cheap to board an animal. I don't know exactly what she's going to say about this, but I have seen what appears to be a credible post from the owner of the boarding facility that Brittany um, put her horse in and it was expressed that Brittany did not pay her bills. And so a lot of the bills for taking care of the horse went on to the person who ran this boarding facility. And they just had an overall, like generally bad experience with Brittany Dawn and doing business with her. I haven't looked a ton into this, so I'm not really super well versed with all the details of what might be going on here. Um, but I'll, I'll let Brittany share what she, whatever she's going to share and if I can speak on something, then I'll provide necessary info. So I was boarding him at this facility. He had been there for quite some time. Um, one morning early, I was notified that he was colicking. If you don't know what colic is, it's basically where horses' intestines get twisted up. It can be deadly if not fixed right away. And even then, sometimes it's not fixable. Um, the only two ways to really fix it are walking them in circles and tubing them with mineral oil or surgery. And surgery on a large animal is very, very expensive. So most people never go that route because, again, there's no guarantee that it will save the animal. So immediately um, the vet rushes out there, gets there, tubes Harley up. He's, you know, kind of up walking around. He pulls through. Amazing. Great. Such a blessing. Um, he heals. He recovers. Everything seems to be okay. Then I got busy for a couple of months where I was traveling and I had commitments and family things and I was just go, 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 go. So I didn't get out there, which again is okay because that is what people board horses for. They entrust that the barn managers will be taking adequate care of their animal because again, you are paying top dollar. I trusted these people. One day I got this gut feeling that something was wrong and I told my dad, I was like, dad, 
hook the trailer up. I'm bringing Harley up to the ranch. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I just feel like I need to get him out of there. So we get the truck and the trailer. We head down, um, pull in, and my horse is nowhere to be found. 55 minutes later of walking around, going through the stalls, looking for my gelding, running through all the pastures, all the paddocks, trying to find him. And I get to the back and he's so malnourished, like his ribs are showing. I will put a picture on this YouTube video. And he was walking with his head hung. He looked like he had not been fed in weeks. And I remember just like breaking down and crying. Like, I'm so sorry I let this happen to you. And I felt so guilty, even though it wasn't my fault. Because at the end of the day, I had trusted these people to take care of him. And so we load him up. We get him up to the ranch. I'm crying. I'm sitting in the stall with him. I'm like, my horse, like, this this is not the horse that I know. He just didn't look like the same animal. He was like a show horse. And in a matter of months, he wasn't. He, he My boy was gone. And so my dad and I nursed him back to health. My dad and I nursed him back to health. I didn't abuse my horse or neglect my horse. I nursed him back to health. The audacity, like, baby, you know this, the audacity for someone to say that I would abuse or neglect my horse, any horse, you know how much I love that animal. Oh, the, it's, the whole situation is absolutely absurd. You're, that horse is more, um, that horse is more important to you than me. No, <laughs> no, babe, but, but, but it, it fills, it, it fills a void for you that, that I do not. And that's that I hope you know what I'm saying. There. Yeah. Like, well, it's because he got me through the darkest time yeah. of my life. Yeah. And like, he's, he's been with you for a really long time and, and, um, yeah, that's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It, it, it's, and anyone that knows me knows that my friends that have ridden him, that have been out to the ranch, they know that that horse is my life. And so that was just truly beyond me that people would dare to say I would ever do that to much less any horse, my horse, but any horse, like I would never do that ever. Um, so the part where we're going to wrap up because this episode is getting long and we're going to. Okay. I don't know the exact details related to the accusations if people were alleging that she abused her horse or if people were alleging that she neglected the horse and that's why the horse got sick um i made a note to myself though to look further into it that way i'll see what i can find and we can talk about it more in another episode because i'm sure that i'll do a reaction to uh, part two of all the times that Brittany was canceled i branch into the next weeks because next week's is tenfold more juicy um Ooh. our wedding day no bride should ever have to fear for her safety on her wedding day ever. And I did. I never told you this, babe. Um, but I actually had nightmares leading up to our wedding of you and I at the altar 
and a gun firing off. And then I would wake up. That is the level of infiltration that these people have caused in my life, in our life. Basically on Reddit. therapy for this? And I'm sure it started on Reddit. I was getting Instagram messages, emails saying, you better watch your back on your <laughs> wedding day. <laughs> and so Jordan, my amazing husband, said, bet. And we had, how many oh. armed people did we have there? Probably oh, there one was, of the uh, most armed weddings. Including the two police officers that were hired by the venue, there was, to my knowledge, 12 armed people yeah. at our wedding. Probably and I'm not just saying armed, I'm talking former uh, special forces um, operators yeah. uh, that were that were present. Bad dudes that you wouldn't want to Several specifically tasked. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be responsible for bringing a gun to a party? Why would you have your guests come armed? I get hiring security, absolutely, and having police there if there's a credible threat. But at, like, I don't know if they asked their guests to bring guns or if the guests were just like, this is my this is my usual wedding get up. I have a holster in my fancy pants. It's a fancy holster, so it fits. I don't know. It, I don't know. With identifying people and if someone was there that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. So because which these is are just all, really sad that you should that's a private event. It's really sad. And and here's the thing, like I felt safe because my big brother stepped in and yeah. wanted to protect us that way. But no bride should have to go to that length to feel safe on her wedding day. Like it's just really sad when you think Once about again, it. over fitness plans. Over digital fitness plans. All of this. All and, of this. And diet plans. Yeah. Get a grip. Well, and what's great is that the people doing this were probably never clients of mine. No. Maybe some of them. And if that's probably you, not. hey, it's time to move on. And even if it's not you, hey, it's time to move on. Like, life is short. Time is fleeting. Your days are passing. Your hours are flying by. I don't know that they are as effective as they think they are. No. They think they're doing the Lord's work, and that's what's deception. It's really sad. So anyways, we get married. Our honeymoon was bliss. Um, by the Lord's grace, nothing popped off at our wedding. Our wedding was literally the best day of my life. It's perfect. Yeah. That having... My 12 brothers there made me feel at ease. I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that if something popped off, they were going to, they got it. They got it covered. Like they were ready for that moment. So our wedding was amazing. We get to Cabo. Our honeymoon was bliss, which honestly felt weird because. Too good to be true. Yeah. Well, because we were so used to these people just trying to like heckle us about everything. Yeah. And we get home from our honeymoon. And I'll let you tell this story, babe. Um, we want to cover that in this episode, version? or do you want to save that for next week where we can dive into it? Let's save it save for next it, week. Please. Yeah, cliffhanger. Uh, when we get back from our wedding, things get really crazy. interesting. Really crazy. The first day in this house as husband and wife, things popped off. Yep. Really bad. Really, really bad. We'll cover that next week. Yeah. So that'll be episode two. We'll start there. Um, hopefully I'll be a little bit stronger and not so emotional. You did great. Thanks, baby. Um, yeah. How should I wrap this up? I don't even know. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. And, and please come back next week 
to hear some more juicy details. Babe, I don't think you're going to have to convince people to come back. About, I'm not done yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Please come back next week to hear more juicy details about people who live in their mother's basement with cat profile pictures need to get a life. Yeah. You've been waiting to say that. Ooh. Feel good? Get that off your chest? That felt really good. Yeah. It's good. You said that Sometimes multiple you times vent. throughout this. Yep. Proud of you. We good? I think so. Yeah. Next week will be uh, end of 2021 up to current day. So share all the things that I've been walking through to give you guys some context. Uh, it has to do with my income. It has to do with Jordan's job. It has to do with being foster parents mm. and our actual foster placements. Mm. Pretty messed up stuff. Very demonic messed up stuff. And I can say that because it is demonic. It's not the Lord's work, nor is it his will. Mm. Yeah. So that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for stopping in. Thank you guys. I, I want to say this too, before we end, like it means the world to me all the encouragement, all the support that you guys have shown. Um, this has been the hardest thing I've ever done because again, I've lived in this for four and a half years privately and I found comfort in that. I found solace in that. And so for me to finally speak up and I pray that if you are someone that's going through this, that you hear this and you know that you're not alone. And if you are someone, whether you have a platform or not going through this, feel free to reach out. Like we have to stick together. I believe that our country is going to do something about this. I believe that good is going to come from all of us, even just me sharing my story. So all that to say that concludes this week's episode. Maybe we'll put week three up early. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. But as always, thank you guys so much for stopping in. Feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps us a lot. And we will see you guys in next week's episode. Man, that was a long podcast, a lot to go through. If you are still here, if you stuck it out all the way with me, thank you so much. I've obviously shared my opinion on how I felt about everything as it was coming up in the podcast. So I don't have anything else to add at this point, but I do want to hear your thoughts and opinions on what was shared uh, from Brittany and Jordan in this episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for um, this particular episode. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating and or review, that would be incredible. And if you've done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. I guess I, I'm off to go get a life. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>